This is What's Shaking with Lakin. Come on in, get settled, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's What's Shaking with Lakin. I've missed you guys so much. Uh, the past few weeks has been pretty crazy. February kind of like drew me in and finally is spitting me out for a bit. Uh, between Valentine's Day, wine festivals, weddings, Mardi Gras, I have been all over the place. But I'm here, we have an episode recorded, and I can't wait to present it to you. I did record an episode before this episode that hasn't been published yet, but it's okay. I feel that we're going to do a special um episode and we kind of do a flashback to February since I miss since you've missed all of the good things that I've been up to this month but don't worry it will be out soon this week we are venturing down to Savannah Repertory Theater this weekend is the opening of their newest play Vanya, Sonia, Masha and Spike now if you love a good play that's all about some dysfunctional families this is the play you want to see now the play is opening this friday at savannah repertory theater and will go through march 8th the times for these shows will be friday night eight o'clock saturday night eight o'clock there will be a matinee on sunday at 2 p.m and then a show on sunday evening at seven now as for this Sunday, March 1st, the matinee is officially sold out. So you can catch next weekend on March 8th for their 2 p.m. matinee. Now, don't hesitate. These tickets are selling pretty fast. And if you are listening to this within the weekend of March 1st, I would say go ahead and grab those tickets as soon as you hear this episode. Once again, opening this weekend is Vanya, Sonia, Masha, and Spike, written by Christopher Durang, directed by Sandra Karras. This will be at Savannah Repertory Theater's Play Shop, located at 980 Industry Drive, Savannah, Georgia, 31415. The show will be running from February 28th through March 8th, 2020. Now that we've heard a word from our sponsors, now it's time to start our interview with no other than Mr. Ryan McCurdy, who is the co-artistic director of Savannah Repertory Theater. Hello. Hello, Ryan. Hey. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? <laughs> oh my goodness. I have been having trouble with my internet and... They're like, oh, it's your modem. You got to switch it out. So then we switched the modem out, came in today, and I just did that. Then it went back out, had to call again. And I was like, oh, come on. I'm trying to get things done here. So, of course, whenever it's time to get some things done, that's when everything just falls to pieces. But how are you, Ryan? I'm good. It's so funny that you said my, my dad's been dealing with that. They uh, my, my folks bought a um, retirement home in the mountains, and they've been to tourists or I guess to like uh, vacationers um right and, so, and, they, and you know there's a modem there's a modem and a router sitting in a closet somewhere at this beautiful house in the mountains and it you know it, it will go for three weeks when no one's there just chugging along and then the second that guests arrive 
the thing goes down. Oh, of course. And, and my dad's constant. So my dad, who now, you know, bless them, they, they live two and a half hours from, from their future home. He gets in the car and he drives over and, and has to unplug it and plug it in and call the people. And, and it, oh, my God. Anyway, it, it works perfectly right. until you need it. And then you have no service. Exactly. Because we had a, you know, it was like, okay, 11 o'clock. We're going to message in, <laughs> talk to each other. And I was like, give me a minute. Let me figure this out. It's not working. <laughs> well, you you know you know famously famously eleven o'clock is the time that everyone is trying to use the internet. That that's that's uh, apparently according right. according to the the rules that I've just made up. Um, yes, but I'm exactly. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I had a gig tonight. It was Mardi Gras, Ooh. so we had some um, fun at the Great Market, and we had pancakes and fried chicken, and we had this house-made cilantro lime syrup pancakes and jambalaya is is quite delicious so i'm pretty stuffed and i dinner's done i don't have to think about it <laughs> that sounds really now good now it's time to record this podcast that we're on now and see what's going on on your corner and also for those of you who don't know ryan mccurdy ryan mccurdy is the um i guess you're the director you can say or the executive director of uh, savannah repertory theater I am a, I'm a co-artistic director, yes, which okay. which basically means all the things that you already said are also are also true. But I think that's what they call me in the playbill. That's 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 the name yes. I have. <laughs> yes, that sounds very official. So congratulations on your role as OIC now interim co-artistic director of Savannah Repertory Theater. So give us a little background on um, Savannah Repertory Theater. Well, I mean, and we we've known each other. For a while, and yeah. I, of course, uh, Jin He and I had uh, had uh, taken turns uh, loving on the space, which was known as Muse for so many years. Right, um, and so I, I have a very dearly missed. <laughs> it is, it is, and and I, I actually am. I'm going to something that's really bizarre about about uh, where Repertory is is you know they're just they're just a couple more blocks up uh, up Louisville, and then they're on Industry Drive, which is just off there. And um, so you, you, you drive by the freight station uh, slash muse to see, um, to get to rep. And it's the weirdest thing. I'm, I will never get used to it just passing the building and being like, I know, I know what happened here. I know, right. I know, I know all the hours that I spent here. I know what that felt like. Um, and, it, you know, it was, um, it was a real, it was just a real community clearinghouse under, under Jenny's guidance. She, you know, she did really magical things and what i think what's great is um nothing brings the community together like a common enemy so you know the sort of the the you know the the owner selling it under yes. you know under the circumstances that he did and the the, the historic preservation movement failing with it it was it was right. I, everyone everyone bound together to be angry and i think what really kind of came out of this is this new wave of like arts organizations that have sprung up and there's right. there's suddenly there's suddenly more theater than i've ever seen in savannah and there's more arguably fine arts and the starland district is 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 finally you know not only coming into its own but it's being this this massive player so what's what's funny is um that savannah rep is not is not homegrown but they have been employing and giving opportunities to so many community members uh, to to really because they they came in with the intent not to disrupt but to 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 connect, and and the way that they came about was uh, literally their founding artistic director 
and their now general manager were shopping a bunch of cities with this idea of having a, a small professional equity theater somewhere in the right. south. And and like I think so many people did, you know, they they got out of the car in Savannah and, you know, never left. Um, exactly. <laughs> Which and and has that type of force field, so <laughs> oh, it does. You know, I it happen. <laughs> and you know, the the amazing thing is, it's like it's it's. Uh, it reminds me of there's that I know I can't remember the name of it, but there's that Stephen King uh, story where you know, like a a literal force field drops around the community, and you know, no one can get in and no one can get out. And yes. what's weird is that every time I cross the Talmadge, like I know that I have permission to leave, and you know, I I know that I'm driving away from Savannah, but there's always that little. You know, a little piece of my heart that's like, no, you'll, you're coming back. Like, you'll, right. you'll be back. So um, you're, for the most part, are in New York, right? Correct? I am. And that was the craziest thing. I've been in New York. I've been in New York primarily for a decade. But, I, you know, I've been getting back to Savannah as many times a year as I can. And right. uh, so it had been, you know, it was about three years ago that I got a call uh, from some friends down, in, down there. And they said... Um, there's, you know, these these new these new folks in town that are starting a theater company. We don't know any of them, but they seem they seem fun. When you're down here next time, you know, check them out. Um, and so I I made a I made a call to them and, and went out and had some drinks with them at Club One, as one does. Right. And uh, well, um, immediately was drawn to their idea. And their idea is really simple. But it, at at the moment, it's the only it's the only company south of uh, Atlanta and north of Jacksonville that's doing this, which is that they. They have an agreement with the with the National Actors Union, and it allows them to uh, pay a living wage. And I say allows, you know, sort of hesitantly because they spend it costs a lot of, of money for them to do this. And and I've seen the budget, and I know I know how dedicated they are to their artists. But they pay, you know, you know, a a, a, a pretty impressive amount of money for a small theater plus health insurance and pension for members of the union. And, and the, what they get out of it is they have these very consolidated rehearsal processes. Like they get every show up in two and a half weeks because that's, that's what the union stipulates. And then they can only do so many performances before they have to close the show. So there's these guidelines and it, it, keeps, them, it keeps them moving very, very quickly and the, and the process of every show is very fast. But the great part of it is that there's these, you know, there's local union performers who for years had no avenue with which to keep up their pension or to keep up their health insurance. Um, and they now have it. But the great thing is because the relationship with the union is only two or three contracts per show. It means that, right. you know, they get to have this perfect mix of the most spectacular local talent and, you know, and folks from the region. And then they'll fly a person or two in from New York if those are, if those people are right. And it makes these beautiful sort of uh, homogenizing uh, companies that are that feel very very at home in Savannah. And the, you know the one thing that I've noticed is every person that has come down from New York, whether it was by my invitation or from the the auditions that they have up here every season, every person that has landed in Savannah has loved Savannah. So there's that. There's that kind of fun, uh, unexpected benefit of this whole new community of people that are discovering our beautiful city, and right. and they make you know they make vacation plans or they come back as soon as they can. And some of them I think have even bought houses down here now. And it's this beautiful sort of reciprocal thing that makes for really good art. Anyway, that's a very long answer to your very short question. But I 
I, 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 I really, I really, <laughs> I mean, I just, when you were going through it, when you were explaining everything, I was like, wow, that is pretty awesome because I know he, I, I'm not a theater person. I'm not a thespian. I guess I could say I, w- I would be an aspiring musical thespian, but <laughs> I believe you were quite an accomplished musical thespian if I said so. Well, myself, thank but... you. I have tried to, I was going to um, audition for um, hair, which I did audition for hair at club one um last year but yes, I the ended up having people, to, so good. yeah i ended up having to withdraw from it because i didn't realize going in how demanding the schedule is and and i already had so much on the books already that i couldn't you know back away from um my gig commitments to be a part of the musical which i really wanted to hair is one of my favorite musicals and uh, I was just really sad that I couldn't do it because I was like, well, you know, I, as a musician, this is my living wage and I have to make this money. And I know on this show I won't be making money, but I wanted to for the experience, but I just couldn't. I had contractual agreements that I couldn't turn down. So, <laughs> And, you know, and <laughs> I, I think love to do those things. It's just a matter of, you know, the, the time and the commitment and still not being able to lose a great deal of income to 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 do that and i, I think that you're making you're 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 making a really great point as well which is i think a a really good community can support a lot of different types of of theater making and i think for some people especially uh you know for for some people that haven't done a ton of theater that longer rehearsal process and the fact that you know they run sometimes three or four weekends and it it lets people really find out about the show and it makes you get to make sure your uncle and your aunt and every friend you've ever known gets to come. Exactly. Like for, for yeah. some people that is exactly right. And for some people, the accelerated schedule that puts a little more money in your pocket is right. And I think what's great is, you know, there, there was when, when Savannah rep first opened and you know, you know, you know that I don't mince, I don't mince words. And I know that there was some, there was a little bit of kind of unspoken, stress between a couple of the companies in town because there was this idea that they were coming in to sort of like force everyone else to do things their way and and what's actually what the what the goal was and what actually is kind of lovely about it is that they have they they are doing their own thing and some people love it and some people don't but the people that are benefiting from it are and the people that don't don't but everybody right. everybody comes and sees their shows just like everyone goes and sees Bay Street Theater so the great thing is you can make theater in so many different types of ways but um but the a good audience will support everything and that's what exactly. we're finding in Savannah like I, I, I'm shocked at how well things are selling it, it just it seems like and I know I know all the theaters are working so hard to sell tickets right. but you know for me you know being back in 2008 and trying to sell new american plays at the freight station i and it felt like every ticket sell was was a victory and so to hear that like we've sold out the sunday matinee of our current show at savannah rep and that you know next week is already looking pretty good and that bay street you know sells everything out regularly i'm just like this is a great renaissance and i hope that people i hope that people that have been here the whole time realize that we're living in a moment of enormous theatrical renaissance in the city and really kind of enjoy enjoy it because goodness knows it may not last forever, but we wish right. it would. <laughs> so what do you think is is causing this sudden emergence and um, people wanting to co- go to the theaters more? Do you think it's just tr- Savannah's getting a, 
and a, a large amount of transition of people moving to the city who have previously uh, invested in the arts from where they lived and now they're coming to Savannah to find that again or is it just it's just that time that the tides are changing and people want to be more involved in the arts I think maybe a little bit of both and and also what we were just talking about a little bit ago too there's this weird reality that the more competition there is generally everybody does better and it's that it's that weird idea like it doesn't make sense <laughs> it doesn't make sense on paper but the truth is is just like the more choices that you have with your weekend the more right. like the more likely you are to at least choose one of them and i think right. something that i was finding was happening there was a period where when i was here before uh, when I was in Savannah before, there was a period where it really was, you know, children's theater was was right. They had just gotten started and there was Savannah Community Theater and then us at the freight station. And for, for a moment, that was about it. And we would find we would find this weird thing that like on any given weekend, we were the only people that had a show, you know, because children's theater would be in rehearsals and community theater would be in tech. And then we would have a show. And I always thought we are the only thing that's happening. Everyone's going to come and then mm -hmm. no one would. And I think the crazy right. thing is now you look at the Connect Savannah calendar and there's seven theatrical productions almost every weekend. And I think everyone looks at that and decides to come to at least one. Whereas I think everyone looked at, you know, the calendar and said, oh, well, that's the show this weekend. I could probably see that another weekend. And then they never they never made it. So right. I, I, I truly believe that competition is great. The only thing that competition, I think, gets in the way of is the pool of talent. And because that mm -hmm. is growing at such an incredible rate, um, I mean, you know, we, we've been hosting Savannah Shakes over at, uh, at the repertory venue uh, for, for about a year and a half now. And like, you know, I'm just amazed every time I see their cast list come out, you know, Chris Susie and, and, you know, of course, Sheila Lynn, who was one of the original co-founders there. The, the cast list, just all these names I've never seen. And, right. and you know, uh, it's just magnificent. So the, I think the talent pool is growing so quickly that all of these theaters can be supported by them. And I don't think anyone's finding that they can't find the right people. And it's a great time to be, it's a great time to be making art in Savannah. And I'm glad that in my own little way, I've kind of found my way to edge back into it, you know? Right. That I get to be a little, I get to be a little part of something I love so much. Yes. I mean, you can't, you can't get too far away from your passion, you know? <laughs> no, that's right. And there, there were a bunch of you years know? up here there that I, I was not, I was not keeping up with what was happening and I, I felt mm -hmm. so I felt so sad and out of the loop and it's nice to be back in the loop. So Yeah, and there's so many more things coming and like you said about Starlin, you know, Starlin, I always thought of Starlin. Oh, it's the little it's the artsy hub of town where all the artists and musicians live. But now it is truly that. You know, you have the studios, you have sulfur, you have all kinds of things like Starlin is is making uh, a name on the map for Savannah and uh, it's just crazy how the tides have turned <laughs> such as the theater now when you're um, before we get to your upcoming play that's opening this week right. how, when you're looking for when you're doing the audition process what do you look for um for the roles that either you're casting or what do you look for in an artist 
for and this is more geared towards someone who may want to be a part of the arts i think that's that's a genius question uh well and i think it comes down to the fact that there's there's some requirements placed upon us by our union agreement and then there's the way that each director you know independently looks at the scripts that are being programmed and Mm -hmm. so yes to, to to answer your question the the best thing that you can do if you want to if you want to in the future be part of of the theater making there which we welcome and and take joy in uh is is get get to know get to know the plays um that we're doing and and you know this this year there was even more of a push than the last two seasons because you know the theater's the, the company's only three years old uh which is right which is crazy you know because it feel it feels the venue feels so lived in um, mm-hmm. And it feels like it's just kind of impossible that it happened so quickly, but it, it really did. But you know, we this year we actually had uh, uh, we had audience surveys in every playbill for for a period of time, and and the audience will. I'm actually I'm coming down this weekend, and on Saturday we get to choose next season, which is going to be so much fun. But it's because we did these surveys, and we got very clear winners from our audiences this season about what they want to see. So then I would say, mm. if you want to be part of that, uh, you know, research the plays a little bit and, and you know, really find out who these, these people are, but also bear in mind that, um, that you, know, you don't necessarily have to be exactly what's written on the page to be considered. Uh, we've had we've had some really great casting in the last couple of seasons that you know where it's not it's not who the role is traditionally played by but the people that we right. put put in the role were perfect. Um, so you know they do uh, they do an audition for every show in Savannah and then we have uh, we have a New York audition for every show and that's because the union um, makes uh, makes sure that all of the small professional theaters around the United States come to one of the big hubs because there's just so many actors, you know, in New York, Chicago, and LA that, that, that right. the actors up here have a chance to be seen. So as far as being, as far as working in the shows, what we're looking for is, is we have two to three contracts that need to be filled by union members. And mm-hmm. if, if they're, if they're in Savannah and available and ready to go and are right for the roles, then that's perfect. And you know, we're done. But uh, if not, we usually will find those members, uh, in New York. And sometimes we've found incredible union members in like, we've had some from Charleston and some from Columbia. And the cool thing about auditioning these days is that you can, you can put a camera, you can, you know, put a tripod on your desk and send your auditions around the United States in the matter of five, 10, 15 minutes. And then companies from everywhere are seeing your work. And that's, I know that our, our general manager looks at every audition video that comes in. And we've found the most amazing talent, but um, yeah, come and meet the come and meet the people that are making the theater at Rep, and know know who it is that you want to play, and bring something okay. that really bring something that shows you off, uh, not even necessarily how you would be in this character, but who you are, because we're always thinking about, and we've done this a couple of times that we've seen someone for a show and said, you know, I don't th- I don't think this is this is their show. But we've we've called them directly in for something, you know, a, a two shows later, three shows later, a season later. Um, so come and show us who you are, because once once you know us and once you've been seen by the casting team, we we think we think about you forever after that, you know. Right. Um, and that's the great thing about a city like Savannah is, is is we're trying to get to know every single person, every single actor, 
and know exactly. And there's, there's a point at which we start building seasons around the people that are there. Like we, we built, uh, we built driving Miss Daisy around, around knowing that we had a Miss Daisy who was going to be phenomenal. And she was, and, um, right. and, you know, Patricia Miller, who we knew she, she was in Tybee with, with, uh, and had been for many years. And once we knew that she was available and was ready to go, the show just kind of built itself from there. Um, anyway, that's that's how we kind of do the casting process. Yeah. Okay. So if someone's coming into audition who is non-union, what would the process be like? Would you do you encourage them to become union to be able to access other um, have access to other shows that the um, professional performing arts has, or was it totally just up to them? Or if you um, trying to figure out how I want to word this. <laughs> well, are you encouraged that they become part of a union to give them greater access to, to other roles or for growth? Or is there a process to, um, to begin just to be even considered for union? That's a, another good question. The, I think a lot of it has to do with what your, what your particular goals as an artist are. And, mm -hmm. and I know, I know a couple of members of our company are making big forays into being seen for a lot of inter, uh, national and international work and are, are joining the union. And, you know, that that's right for, that's right for their lives. And I think, but, you know, and to be fair, it's not right for a lot of people's lives. And I think a lot of it is, do you, is your goal, is your goal for your bread and butter to be the theater that you make or are you, right. or does, or does the place that it fills in your life, is that place content and is that exactly what you want it to be? Um, and we don't pressure. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's, there's no secret meetings at our rehearsals where we, where we are like, okay. where we're like, this is, you know, we, we don't, we don't wear, we don't wear uh, turbans and light incense right. and tell you how to join the union. Um, I, exactly. I will say that the, the growth, uh, the way that the theater is growing is, is something else that's mandated by the union. And about every two years we have to, check in and, and, and ultimately keep raising our pay, which is good for everybody, even though hard, right. hard for the theater. And, uh, but one of the things that we'll gain pretty soon is the ability to offer um, uh, EMC candidacy, which basically means uh, people that join our theater, their weeks go as credit towards eventually joining the union. Um, uh, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of fun things going on. That may still be, I may, I may be speaking out of turn. That could be a season or two away, but I know that's an eventual goal of the company. Right. But it's, it's, it's in the process. Yeah. I know for the longest, um, on the musician side of things that there's been some musicians who have been trying to push to have a union here for fair pay with bars and everything. But mm -hmm. I feel it's so, it's so stretched that I don't see that happening and you um and just getting musicians to get together on one accord and be like hey you know we have our rights we deserve to the fair pay and everything um but you still have those who will come in and undercut just to get the gig that you want have that because they want it and and everybody has an opinion but we all can't work together to make a solution <laughs> It's it's complicated, you know. I, I'm uh, there's there's local 802 here in New York is the is the uh, Federation of Musicians Union here, and and it's it's really hard because even up here there are things that they don't that they don't want to or don't need to take jurisdiction of, 
And, and mm -hmm. so it, it's that weird thing. It's like, you know, you do all that work, you become a union member, you have, you, you know, you pay your dues, you have a badge, you're very proud of yourself. And then it's like, when you go in for a contract and if it's outside of their, outside of their scope, you're like, oh, well, but I need help. I need help negotiating this. And I have found that right. um, even more so than, uh, and then equity, the actor's equity, um, AFM, the musicians union has a, has a hard time getting into uh, cities of under, you know, 500,000, which Savannah still technically counts as. And I think part of it is you're right. It's, it's this idea that it would take, it would take so many people sitting down and, and agreeing on about 30 or 40 things. And, right. and, you know, the, and the most dangerous thing in a situation where, you know, almost everyone is trying to unionize, the most dangerous thing is the person who comes in and says, well, I'll undercut all of them and keep working the gigs for, right. this, for this amount of money. And then, of course, you know, there's 40 people going, no, that's not the point. Right. <laughs> um, but, hey, you know, I played the bar scene down there for a long time and God knows that, you know, there were times where I was like, it doesn't seem legal that this is the amount of money that I'm taking home. And I won't name names, of course, because we both right. know oh, yeah, what all sure. these places are, but, um, and it would be great to do that. But then the, the trouble is as long as there's one person that's, that's going to say, I'll come and do it for, you know, a beer and $10, then, then the union really can't make any, take any ground. And the only reason they have the power they have in New York is because at a certain point, all the symphony, and opera musicians kind of bound together and said, no one takes these jobs if we don't take these jobs and picketed and, you right. know, had, and that's, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but I, I, I feel, I feel you as someone, as someone who makes their complete living off of the music that they make, yeah. I, I see how that could, that could change your, that could change your livelihood True. in a, and, in a really massive way. Before, in a sense, because I, was playing this one bar and um, they were paying X amount for so long. And I was like, you know, when we come here, we pack this place out. Now, to me, I feel some musicians feel, you know, they're paying you for a service. Take your money, go. But it's like when you come here, when you're not playing there, you see that there's a very vast difference of how many people you bring in versus how many people the other band brings in. You're like, well, I this bar makes so much money when I'm here. Now I'm valuable and I feel that it's right. I'm not asking you to, you know, up my pace, triple or double it. I'm just asking, say, hey, you know, let's make some fair pay that we bring this business to you. And without it, your business is this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, even if it was, uh, I think I fought and got a $50 increase. And then there was another time they were like, well, we've looked at the numbers and we're going <laughs> to decrease your pay. And I, and the pay was low enough that I was like, well, if you decrease it, I don't get paid because as a band leader, I make sure my band gets paid before I do. I can work off tips, you know, like we could charm people to make money, but um, I, and I had to take a bow from it. And I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to stand for this. So I called another musician. And I was like, we played the same place. I was like, Hey, stand with me on this. This place is going to lower pay that is not going to be, you know, the regular rate that you make in the city anyways. And I was, all I heard was, yeah, I'm going to stand with you on that. Yeah, I'm going to stand with you on that. Never did it. Just took all the gigs that I left behind. <laughs> and that's the, you know, that's, a, that's, that's, the, that's the tricky thing. That's really tricky. Thing. Yeah. Like on the one hand, I can't, I can't 
I can't fault them for seeing an opportunity and taking it. But on the other hand, I'm like, why did why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that you know, the unions only exist when there is when you can get enough people to find solidarity, and and when there is money on the table, some amount of money to be taken. It's hard. It's hard to find that solidarity. But you know, it's so there's this weird. You know, so many communities and you know so many artists refuse to take the art that they make. Uh, or they refuse to view it as 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 a business model. And it's like if you were right. if you were working in, as a an esthetician, and mm-hmm. a, and you know your boss came to you and was like, "Hey, we've just looked at the numbers, and we're gonna have to stop paying you. But if you want to keep coming and you know making tips for people that you give services to, you know if that happened, we'd hear an art. We you know we'd we'd read about it in the Savannah Morning News. People would be up in arms." If you oh, did yes, that, if you sure. did that in the medical field, you know, in the professional services field, none of that would ever fly. And yet, there's this sort of understanding that the arts fluctuate based around the, you know, uh, based around the the, the number of, of the number of uh, patrons and the amount right. that the business is able to pay. And there has to be a point that we say enough. And right. and what I kind of love is I think Savannah Rep has has without without you know without making a big production of it or without making a lot of noise about it, I think they have said by, by creating a, creating a union theater in a town that has, you know, been fiercely non-union for, for so long, I think they've said we can also exist here and the solidarity that we are building builds out. And I, and I have definitely had the experience of watching actors come through the rep model and they go to the next company that they work with, whether it's in Asheville or, or Charleston or Jacksonville or Savannah. And they say, I think you can afford to, you know, pay me a little bit more for my time. And that's not right. That's not that's, I think we have to get over this idea that that's an arrogant thing to say. It's it's it really isn't. You, Savannah yeah. has some of the most talented people I've, I've ever seen in my life. And they're worth they're worth every penny they can negotiate. And I love that if nothing else, rep is creating this, this model where negotiation is, um, is considered valuable and not an imposition, you know? Right. Um, so, and I, and I'm wishing you luck. I'm wishing you luck for your personal struggles on that as well. (laughs) Well, thank you. I, I can truly say, you know, I felt very, when I have walked away from gigs because of situations like that, I've felt very, um, powerful after that because mm-hmm. I'm like no I'm not going to stand for this and and the arrogant part of me is like you'll be back like you'll call me and it happened <laughs> yeah well the work the work you that you're that doing call, is valuable yeah like, yeah it's like oh Lincoln we want to have you back we found money for the budget to go up Oh, now you found money, which means you've lost money. Now you have to put more money in to get it back established. But <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, I'll 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 ride this wave for now. <laughs> and again, you know, in any other in any other industry, that would be called that would be called asking for a raise that you are that you are worth. And you know, yes. but it's so funny that you you just told that story using the word you know the you said the arrogant part of me and you know that's 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 exactly what we're taught to believe is that there's somehow that we are taught to believe that we are arrogant for you know valuing the contribution we're making and i'm i'm right i'm I'm glad that you've i'm glad that you've been able to do that and i you know the thing is that has that has a ripple effect too 
that um, the, ne the next time they see someone that they really value, that person may not have to go through the same struggle that you did because they'll, they'll, right. they'll automatically make the change to keep the person that they value. Right. Yeah. So just for you, everyone out there, you know, <laughs> know your worth, value it, hold on to it, walk away. If you have to walk away, sometimes we are so afraid that if we walk away from something that we could lose everything. And trust me, I've walked away from a lot of opportunities and I've not lost any sleep or any money over it. <laughs> That is, hey, that that's if if that's the if that's the extract of this podcast that we can put on like a an, is is there is there a version of animated gifts that is just audio like that's that's the moral of the story for today. Yes. <laughs> know your worth. I mean, I I I lecture. Know your worth. I lecture and I teach here in New York, and uh, I mean that that's what I keep coming back to. I mean, my my two things are, you know turn the joy you have into the brand that you present and know your worth. That's the two things that really is. Yes. And, and I think we've both done that very well. So you have Savannah rep here and uh, that, that leads us to the opening this week of, well, I think I, I believe I'm saying this right. Vanya, Sonia, Masha and Spike. Am I saying it right? You got it completely right. It is a mouthful. And right. I, I've been having to say it to a lot of news agencies this last couple of weeks. And I always have to take a breath before I start the title. Yes. So um, Van, Vanya, Sonia, Masha and Spike is opening this week, this Friday at Savannah Rep. And um, Ryan, tell us a little bit about this play. It is a doozy. That's that's what I'll say. It it won it won the best play Tony when it was on Broadway uh, about half a decade ago. It originally uh, starred Sigourney Weaver and it had David Hyde Pierce in it. I was lucky enough to see that cast, and I remember, I remember like putting in my back pocket this idea that like if this if I ever get a chance to work on this show again, I want to. Um, the playwright is Christopher Durang, which actually a nice a nice little tie in to uh, uh, to our our days at Muse is that we did a play of his named Laughing Wild there many many years ago uh, with uh, Phil Keeling who's no longer in Savannah and Valerie Lavelle who is and still an mm -hmm. incredible powerhouse in the Savannah community who I hope she's listening shout out to her. And, yes. and then years before that, Scad had done Baby with the Bathwater, which was my introduction to him. And the, the, the thing that all three okay. of those plays share is that they, they find just this incredible level of absurdity in what should otherwise be a normal situation. He takes a, you know, he deconstructs, he deconstructs uh, family life and normality and turns it into the brutal sort of hilarious dysfunction that we know we know very well in our own lives he just he makes comedy out of it instead of tragedy um and it's and what's even funnier is that he has taken sort of all of Chekhov's plays or a bunch of them and he threw them in a blender and uh what came out is this this brother and sister in Bucks County Pennsylvania sitting around their living room bantering arguing hilariously shattering uh coffee mugs against the wall and then the <laughs> then the third the third sibling who has become a movie star and you know more famous than either of them could have ever imagined, she shows up with a man half her age who's not wearing a shirt uh, to oh, wow. 
to tell them, spoiler alert, that she is probably going to sell the house that they've lived in their whole life. Um, right. And then you add, you add in the next door neighbor who is falls in love with the shirtless man, which causes plenty of trouble. And then a maid named Cassandra who may or may not be an oracle and be able to predict the future. And basically what I'm painting for you is the idea that you're going to be laughing for two hours and 15 minutes because he puts these six people in a room and just presses play and says, go. Go, right. And <laughs> and it is, it is a hysterical play and we have the best possible cast for it. So I think it's going to be brilliant. It sounds great. I mean, there's no nothing better than um, family dysfunction. And I think we kind of thrive off of it, especially in a comedy sense. Um, oh my goodness, what it, it reminds me of this movie called Oh, it's not coming to me. It's about three sisters, the grand, well, their family is plagued by suicides and um, the the mother killed herself and she also hung the cat. Oh, <laughs> what is that one? No, I know what you're talking about too. I can't think of the name either. Oh, but yes, uh, the same, the same sort of DNA for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and she like confused it. Um, you know what I'm talking about. But I do. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was so good. It was just a bittersweet southern dysfunctional family with uh great comedy and uh one liners that it just brings everybody together and say, you know what? Every family has their problems. <laughs> they do. Now this 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 one paints a slightly lighter touch than that one does, but it's still it's still it still bites. And what's really cool about this one is there's two generations on stage almost the entire play and and they you get to hear you get to hear from both generations. You get to hear from the generation that doesn't know what an what a Snapchat is and doesn't want a thousand TV channels and wishes he could just live in peace. And then you get to hear from the generation that is obsessed with fame and, you know, entourage and the, you know, sort of the the Lady Gaga-ness of it all. And it's great that, you know, there's 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 literally three of each generation floating around this play. And I think that's what's going to appeal to Savannah audiences because there's this nice mix that's starting to show up in Savannah of millennials. Uh, as right. well as as well as boomers, and there's this is kind of right. a something. This is a something for everyone play. Whereas you know, Driving Miss Daisy, incredible play, one of the great American classics. Like we we know who that's we know who that's for, and right. around the and then our second show of the season, Around the World in Eighty Days. It's a fast, manic, madcap adventure, definitely targeted for the younger audience and the family oh, audience. Yes. We know who that is. This one oh, yes. catches everyone. It's for everyone. And also, you have a charity partnership performance with Savannah Tree Foundation, right? We do. It's uh, and it's and what I love is it's it's for opening night, uh, which you are joining us for, is, is my understanding, which I'm delighted yes. to about. Uh, forty percent of every ticket sale from that night on opening night goes to uh, the Savannah Tree Foundation, and uh, we pick all of our char charity partnerships because of context inside the plays and uh, oh. you, and I will I will leave it to be a surprise as to how the Tree Foundation ties into our show but it definitely does. Oh great that's awesome oh, yeah okay and opening night is this Friday and it goes through March 8th and there will be a Friday night and Saturday night performances 
Uh, tickets are $25. And for seniors and kids, tickets will be $20. And a $10 rush at door for students. Yes. And we do have Sunday matinees and Sunday evenings as well, although I think this weekend is close to sold out, the, the Sundays of this weekend. Uh, but we'll definitely, we'll have, we'll have those the next weekend as well. People seem to love those Sunday matinees, so we're going to keep doing them as long as people want to see them. I think Sunday's the best day for a matinee. I mean, you, you kind of, if you, if you go to church early or if you, Sunday's your day to just do nothing to, <laughs> and find something to do, it's perfect. I mean, any matinee, I, I love a good matinee, so um I can see why uh, the matinees would sell very well on a Sunday. And then, you know, you can start at Starling Yard and then make your way to the play or go vice versa. <laughs> this, and, and, and I'll say this, I'll say this with, with, with utter conviction that this is, you can go get your church in the morning and come see right. this matinee. And I think, I think it will make for a really good day. This, uh, the Christopher Durang writes very, uh, he writes with sort of a, uh, a, a, a flamboyantly a flamboyant disregard for for everyone, but he's there. He, there's there's a passion for there's a deep passion for family and for uh, and there's there's an also this underlying theme of of religion that's in all of his plays. And I think it would make for an interesting uh, interesting thing to bring your family to after church. Uh, the you know the great thing about it is he's able to he's able to communicate these really crazy dysfunctions and ideas without using you know awful language and doesn't have to you know put sex and violence on stage so good family outing and uh so get your presbyterian uh hymnal out and uh come see the show on a sunday matinee (laughs) (laughs) that's great now tell us about um the cast now where is everybody are there some savannians or is there just a mixture of everybody um, let's let's um, break down the the cast for this play. This cast is is the dreamiest mix we could have gotten, and it's it's kind of it it is exactly the mission of the theater. So which is great because when we get it right, it feels really really awesome. It's led by right. by a New York artist named Bash Hallow, who's someone we've known up here um, for a long time, and he was actually uh, has worked with the theater before. He is playing Vanya, who is the is the is the central the central character in this absurdity uh he's he loves savannah i would i bet he'll be one that we hear has bought a house down there in the near future right um and then his sister is carla knudsen who is who you know talk about the long story she was my mentor in college she has made herself indispensable with savannah shakes she has been in savannah now i if i had to guess 20 25 years and has has really done so much for the community and we had her as marmy in little women last year and she was spectacular okay. and so any chance we get to work with her is a dream um then we have we have a local a local union member named meg uh schroeder who's worked with us before as well and is doing great stuff with the community uh we uh, another new yorker is playing the, the 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 shirtless spike and i keep saying shirtless because um uh, it just, I, I feel like, I feel like it, for, for, forewarned is forearmed and, uh, there will be a lot of pecs and abs in this show. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it now. <laughs> so Neil Davidson is from New York. He's a great guy. I know him up here. Um, and he's, he's hilarious. I think he's going to be perfect for the role. And then we have two, uh, two local favorites who have both worked with us before, who are the other, uh, the, the next door neighbor and the maid, and they are Kelsey 
Alexandria as, as the maid and Amy Dasher as the neighbor. And they were both in Pump Boys and Dinettes with me a season and a half ago. And, awesome. uh, and so we are really, yeah, it is a, the, the cast is loaded and uh, I'm not gonna be there until Thursday, but I was talking to the director yesterday and apparently it's just going spectacularly. So that's everyone. Yeah, it's uh, four, four local uh, Wunderkinds and two friends of the theater from New York. And that's exactly what we'd yeah. love to do with every show moving forward. Awesome, which we, we had originally planned when you first reached out to me to interview everyone, but they've had a long week and Ryan uh, luckily stepped up to bat. <laughs> and I and, and yes, let it be known that one of the things about putting a show up in two and a half weeks is that this this week, which is their opening week, they are going hard. They I think they right. I think they were in from two to eleven today. Um, wow. So yeah, so so you'll get to see the fruits of their labors on Friday and uh, get to see what all that work was for. Right. I I've only done very small, limited acting roles such as you know when I do my soul segment for um, musical explorers with the music festival there's a whole script written out and we rehearse all day the day before so we have our script that we work on we study we learn and singing that's second nature so you don't even think about that but just learning the lines and learning the the verbiage for the kids for their special clue words that they've learned and putting it all together. And there's nothing more rewarding than when it's showtime and the energy of the room from the kids, you come in and you're like, okay, I can do this. And I keep saying, it's like, I'm not an actress. I don't, <laughs> but it's so rewarding to, to see those kids when they're so excited to see you and, and you've been working so hard on um on your lines to 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 produce this and and I just want to say you know the theater community here in Savannah is growing and I think Savannah Rep has done some great things and Ryan you've been around a while um <laughs> helping with the you're like the OG of the theater scene here you know <laughs> I I think I'm the uh I'm I'm the OG of the second generation you know I think uh, no you have second <laughs> Jin He and Mark and Jim Holt and, and Jody Chapin, you know, they, they set a groundwork that when I showed up in the city I, and I, I said, I said, wow. And there was this moment I was like, y'all have been doing this much for this long? It's just, you know, right. uh, this, and we, you know, every, every successive generation has built off of off the, the shoulders of giants they stood on before. So I'm grateful to them right. and, uh, and grateful that, you know, uh, you know, 15 years later, I can still, uh, you know, play a part in a town that I love. So looking forward to seeing you on Friday. And then we're going to go afterwards uh, to Congress Street Up, and uh, which is our uh, opening night partner and uh, go have a couple drinks. And it's going to be pretty fantastic. So that's perfect because that is my favorite bar. And I love Jason there and I love Tiffany there. (laughs) Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Jason, Jason is is our host with the most on Friday. So, well, you'll know where we're headed as soon as the show's over then. Right. Awesome. That is perfect. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. Um, everyone, make sure you catch out, um, catch up, catch up, and um, get your tickets for Vanya, Sonia, Masha, and Spike at Savannah Repertory Theater. The link will be posted at the bottom of the description. And Ryan, we will see you on Friday. Right. Always a treat to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
Once again, that was Ryan McCurdy, co-artistic director of Savannah Repertory Theater. It was such a pleasure to speak with Ryan. I have not chatted with him in a long time, not up until we were um, trying to gather production notes for this recording. And it's just amazing to see all the work that he has put forth with Savannah Repertory Theater to um, bring it to life in the Savannah community. Even though they're a pretty young theater troupe, the amount of experience within that group just makes it an old soul. And I am very happy to know him and see all of the the growth that is coming out of this um, theater troupe. And I wish them nothing but the best. Once again, Savannah is a very special place when it comes to um, the creative talents of those who live and work in this community. And I am very honored to be one of those who lives here, breathes it, and definitely uh, vouches for it. So I hope you all will have the chance to catch one of the shows that are going on this weekend and next weekend. And let us know what you think. Well, I do want to bring more content of bringing on guests who are thriving in the community or growing in the community to to give them a, a spotlight to showcase their um their talents that they have. And if you have any ideas for people for the show, let me know. I have an email. It's what's shaking with Lakin podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, just, just let me know what, what would you like to see on this? Uh, I say it as if I'm on a TV show, but what would you like to hear on this podcast? Uh, this once again, this is my baby. So it's growing. It's still in NICU. We're still trying to figure out what we're going to do with her, but things are right on the track and I have another interview coming up later in the week which will be coming out next week and it's about a very special wedding expo for all of us ladies who are on the plus size of things so stay tuned and we will see y'all soon goodbye you've been listening to what's shaking with Lincoln if you haven't already please 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 give us a quick rating on itunes and don't forget you can also follow us on facebook and instagram we will see you next week same time same place bye y'all